0: Like NFL football is meant to be, it's 49ers-Cowboys primetime Trey Lance revenge game coming at you right now. Locked on 49ers, Locked on Cowboys, crossover style.
2: You are Locked on Cowboys, your locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast locked Network, your on. team every locked day.
1: Locked on. Locked, locked on. on. Locked on Cowboys.
2: Locked on.
0: Welcome to another Locked On Podcast Network crossover. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker here of Locked On 49ers along with Marcus Mosher. Locked On Cowboys, pumped for this primetime matchup. 49ers, Cowboys, only one loss between the two teams so far here in 2023. Appreciate all the everydayers out there. Make sure you're subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, this crossover episode, like every Thursday crossover episode, is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. So we're talking a little bit off the air before we got onto the pod, and I think the biggest storyline. For, for both these teams for everybody involved when it's Cowboys 49ers is the storied rivalry how important this game is and Marcus I, I have to imagine this is a, a an even more important game for the Cowboys players because it means it always means that little bit more when you're playing against the team that is not only a rival but that just ousted you in the playoffs so what, is that the biggest storyline going on? And and what have the players been uh, speaking about this week leading up to the game? Because no doubt they're getting asked about it.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's been fascinating to hear how different people and different players are kind of handling this game. Jerry Jones kind of trying to downplay expectations a little bit. And then you've got Mike McCarthy trying to really build this up like it's a heavyweight fight, like it's a must-win Week 5 game. And personally, I kind of love it. Like I think the Cowboys need to win this game. They've lost the last two playoff games against the 49ers. You, you need to show that you can compete with these top-end teams in the NFC. I, I want them to treat this like it's a playoff game or a borderline playoff game. I think it's awesome, not only for the Cowboys, I think it's awesome for the NFL.
0: And it's funny because, uh, Croc, I, I, th- I, I don't, I don't want to get the quote wrong, but I believe you said something, something like, Cowboys 49ers was my Super Bowl. So essentially it didn't matter what happened against the Eagles uh, later in January when the 49ers beat the Cowboys in January crock. You had a, a parade basically from Arkansas all the way to Stockton after that one.
3: You know, the 49ers and Dallas Cowboys, like, this rivalry runs deeper than just the games. It's a rivalry between two brothers. You know, my big brother, Brian, like, he is a diehard Dallas Cowboy fan. So you can only imagine, like, what that was like growing up with that in one house. My, my mom had to break up fights, you know, all that. we get highly upset over it. So now, I mean, that's continued into our adulthood. So, you know, the Dallas Cowboys they were kind of riding their high horse a little bit until they got stumped by the Cardinals. So now their chatter has yes, I quite that.
1: I appreciate it, a little you?
3: bit. But you cannot lose this game. I can't lose. It's so personal every time these two teams play uh, that if if the 49ers lose, I mean, that's bragging rights in our group chat. You know, if we're talking about 49ers, you know, all I'll see somebody say, man, shut up. We beat you guys. So we can't let that happen. Uh, we dealt with that for a lot of years, really kind of 49ers and Cowboys going back and forth. But when you knock them out the playoffs, it means that much more uh, to me and really to the rivalry between two brothers.
1: And I'll add this really quickly, like this game could have a lot of big implications in the playoffs, right? Like, because if the Cowboys, the Cowboys want to win the division. They want to be the NFC East crown, or, you know, uh, champions. But that could be the difference between being the one seed or the two seed. Or if the Cowboys lose this game and they drop down to three and two, now you might be talking about being the five seed again and having to win three straight road playoff games to get to the Super Bowl. That's massive. So not only is this a game between two really good teams, it really could, you know, decide playoff seeding when it comes down to tiebreakers at the end of the year.
0: By the way, Eric's brother, a locked on Cowboys every day, or if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, too. So yep. uh, even locked on fam rivalry in this game too, which is a whole bunch of fun. You brought up Jerry Jones, and I heard Dak. Prescott talking and and he kind of tried to make it sound like it wasn't a big deal like they closed the book on last year and then the longer his answer went on to the question the the more you could tell he was it was really serious for him I like how Jerry Jones like almost heaped too much praise on the 49ers like he was trying too hard to be like oh they're they're they're, they're they might be in the Super Bowl this year it's such a good team they're a great team it was like Jerry what are you trying to do you're trying to butter us up before you come to town that's what it felt like with Jerry Jones' answer to this. So that is really funny hearing everybody talk about this game kind of differently. And I have to imagine, because Croc, it, it runs deep for you. It probably runs deeper for you, the whole Cowboys 49ers things. Now, now these teams have played a lot, and I know they feel the rivalry. They feel it in the, from the fans in the stands. But, you know, the, a lot of the players didn't grow up, even though they play for the 49ers now, they didn't grow up with that deep seated. know 49ers fan thing so in a lot of ways just because it's the team that lost it usually hurts a little more and feels a little stronger I would imagine this feels more like the Cowboys Super Bowl than the 49ers more more of a a business game it's a it's a good team it's a primetime game it's important but I bet it means even that much more to the Cowboys coming into this one.
3: You know, I think at some point you have to stand up to the bully. And I think that's what they're trying to do right now, right? Like, they have to kind of prove to themselves and show, like, no. Like, yeah, this is a well-oiled machine, but we can beat this team. And if the Cowboys – and so when I say we, I'm talking about the Cowboys – if we are going to be who we think we are, then you have to be able to go into San Clara and beat those 49ers. So I think, like, from that standpoint, it definitely has to mean a lot too. You can't lose to this team – you know, two straight times in the playoffs and then a regular season game, which obviously isn't as meaningful as a playoff game, but you you have to, like, prove to yourself we can win because that was a 49ers issue for a lot of years with Seattle. You know, they could never prove that, like, we can beat this team, a Pete Carroll team, and there's always kind of that boogeyman that's kind of standing on your over your shoulders where it's like, well, you might have to run into this team. I think the Seahawks re- reeled off, like, 14 straight wins against the 49ers, like something ridiculous, right? And this isn't to that extent... But you know at some point you'll likely have to see this team in the postseason, and you need to have that belief that if we play our best ball, we can beat this team. The way you feel that is by actually beating them.
1: Yeah, and I'll even go the other way. Like if the Cowboys were to lose this game, then you wonder, like, what? what is your confidence going into the playoffs, you know, losing to the 49ers two straight times in the playoffs, losing to them in the regular season? Part of you would have to believe a little bit, like there's this metal block, like, hey – Hey, we can beat up on the Jets and the Giants and the Patriots, but once we play, play a team like the 49ers, we just can't We can't get over the hump. That's why I think this is such an important game for Dallas, is not just because of the seeding and all that kind of stuff, but to prove themselves, like Kraki said, that, hey, we can go toe-to-toe with the 49ers. Not only can we go toe-to-toe, we can go beat them in their house. Uh, let's show that on Sunday night. So, so many different reasons why this is going to be a fascinating game on Sunday night football.
3: And you talked about that, but also you can beat anybody, right? Like because if yes. you could beat the Forty ers with how the Forty ers are viewed as this, you know, terrific team, as a team it's that people know you, know, you know, you you'll see them in the postseason. You know, it'll be a miracle if the Forty ers yeah. missed the playoffs, right? So if you can beat a team that's held to that high of a standard, then is there a team in this league that you can't beat? And I know the yeah. Dallas Cowboys have two really good kind of um, measuring sticks when they have to play the Philadelphia Eagles, you know, twice during the year. So, obviously, you know, that team is viewed as one of the top dogs in the NFC. But the 49ers, too, just being able to travel and beat them, I think it really means a lot for them. And I hope it means a lot for the 49ers because although you've had their number the last two times they've played, I mean, the NFL is a year-to-year thing. It's a game-to-game, week-to-week type thing. So, 49ers, yes, you've had a couple, you know, a few good wins this season. But now you got some big dogs who have a chip on their shoulder. You have to handle business against them as well
1: yeah for both teams this isn't Daniel Jones, this isn't Josh Dobbs right like this is this is an actual contender where you get to really measure yourself and see how good are you you know going into the middle part of the season. I can't wait. this is the most excited that I've been for a regular season game, and I can't tell you how long
0: oh, this should be a great one and I love that it's in prime time. Uh, more about the key matchups and the players that are going to be on the field. Uh, I, I got to ask you, though, our listeners would be upset if I didn't ask you, Marcus. One player that's probably not going to see the field is Trey Lance. Have, has, have there been any clues to what kind of player Trey Lance has, has been? I know he's like a number three quarterback. Is he, It's It's an odd twist of fate that is he like on the scout team pretending he's Brock Purdy against uh, the Cowboys defense. You know what I mean? It's like, it's such a weird thing. Have you gotten any clues to what kind of a a player he's been for the Cowboys so far? You never got to see him in the preseason in that uniform or anything.
1: I really feel like the Cowboys are just trying to start him from ground zero and build him back up, work on his fundamentals, work on his footwork. He's doing some scout team stuff, but don't expect him to be like on the field in certain packages or being, you know, like a goal line quarterback. Like they're really, for Trey Lance's sake, they're trying to build his confidence and get them just back to the basics
0: as for the players on the field the key matchups coming up in this game and uh and Croc, i see that you got something so uh we'll let you get off get get that off your chest next uh such great matchups in this one with two really good teams marquee nfl franchises and the two of the best in the league at the current moment 49ers cowboys coming up sunday night more key matchups next today's episode of locked on 49ers and locked on Cowboys is brought to you by prize picks as is every crossover Thursday episode brought to you by our friends at prize picks prize picks is the most fun you will have playing daily fantasy sports this season. And while you're having all that fun, guess what? You can win up to 25 times your money and it couldn't be simpler. All you do is you select two or more players and you pick more or less than their projected prize Picks stats and place your entry. You place your entry in less than 60 seconds and you can turn 10 bucks into 250 bucks with just a few taps at prize picks. And now, with prize picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For NFL and college football top 25 matchups, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second half, that player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with that injury insurance. So, all you got to do is you go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL or download the app and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that is prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. You pick the more than on Brock Purdy passing yards. Uh, use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. PrizePicks, daily fantasy sports made
2: easy. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What do you guys say? I want to start with you, Marcus. What do you say to the folks? Because if you look at the schedules for both these teams, and look, the the, the Cowboys are 3-1, and the 49ers are 4-0, and there's been some lopsided victories in there for both these teams. But you look at the teams they've played, and someone would say, and I've heard this said about both teams, ah- they haven't played anyone yet. What do you say to that? Because I think this game is playing someone, but for the team that loses, is there going to be a cloud over that team? It's like, okay, still haven't beaten anyone.
1: I don't think there should be, right? Like we know who the Cowboys and 49ers are. Like we've seen from the last two years, like these are quality, quality teams. I don't think we should overreact either way. If the Cowboys win, it's awesome. But if they lose and it's a close game, I don't think that should suddenly dismiss everything they did in the first month of the season either. And the same goes for San Francisco. So I get that argument, but you can only play who's on your schedule. And for the most part, the Cowboys and 49ers have absolutely dominated everybody that's been in front of them. So I I, I just don't buy that very much.
0: Crock, did you have something I, else to I, add on the on the Trey Lance stuff?
3: Oh, no, I was just going to say, when when Marcus talked about building his confidence back up, and I think he 100% needed that. I mean, he was kind of mm-hmm. torn all the way down to pretty much nothing. So Dallas Cowboys definitely a, a lot on our hands with kind of rebuilding the confidence of a quarterback who's supposed to be the most confident person when they step on the field. I think right now, mm-hmm. uh, Trey Lance is not that. But as it pertains to this game and the, you know, way these teams will be viewed, whether they win or lose, you know, I agree with Marcus, man. Like, we know where these teams are going to be come January that is in the postseason for them everything that happens from here on out is just to fine-tune areas where they are weaker or can improve heading into the playoffs so how much confidence do you have in your team winning from a fan standpoint or from a team standpoint but as far as someone thinking like oh this team's not good because they haven't beat anybody these teams are going to beat a lot of teams I mean I'd be surprised if either one of these teams has less than 11 wins at the end of the season. Mm -hmm.
0: Take a look at some of the key matchups in this one. Of course, when you look at the 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys, they both have really strong defensive fronts. And I've talked about this in, in most of our keys to victory. And Croc will attest to it. Is the 49ers right side of their offensive line isn't their isn't the strongest part of their team. A lot of good players, a lot of good units. And, and to be honest, the, the offensive line has been has been good. Uh, but I think if there's a place that on paper the 49ers can get got, it's with the it's the right side of their defensive line. And of course the Dallas Cowboys have a mean pass rush and maybe one of the meanest pass rushers in the NFL. And when he's on maybe the scariest with his explosive ability off the edge in Micah Parsons. So what do you think that matchup looks like Marcus uh, with that Dallas Cowboys defensive line against the 49ers offensive line? And aside from Micah Parsons, what else is working up front for the Cowboys?
1: Yeah. I mean, they're just, everybody's winning right now. And that's, what's made them so good on defense. I'm going to be fascinated to see how the Cowboys play this one because Demarcus Lawrence, who plays on that right side, left defensive end, this might be the best I've ever seen him play. He He's off to a phenomenal start. So do the Cowboys leave him there and then move Micah Parsons? Maybe they try him against Trent Williams. Maybe they line him up over the center to try to get some you know mismatches. We'll see. The key for the Cowboys is getting that consistent pressure because like we saw in week one from San Francisco – you can have your right tackle give up three sacks, but if, if you hit a bunch of big plays in the passing game, it doesn't really matter you know, if you give up those sacks. Constant pressure, making Brock Purdy feel like he's got to get rid of the ball quickly. I think you're going to see the Cowboys try to use a lot of different looks and a lot of different fronts. Uh, so you know, they can't just double Micah Parsons. So they can't just double DeMarcus Lawrence if he's on the right tackle. Uh, that's what I expect here on Sunday.
3: I think that's a key matchup that you're talking about there, especially with Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, this is a guy that has been good for for a lot of years for the Dallas Cowboys, and there's so much attention that's given to Micah Parsons, and for great reasons. I mean, he's terrific, probably the most freakish defensive player in the NFL right now, but there's still a big question mark over that right tackle for the 49ers. And McKivitt, who has been serviceable, I don't know if he's played at a legit starting level. And you talked about that Pittsburgh Steelers game if their offense was any better, those type of plays, those impact plays that uh, T.J. Watt made would destroy the 49ers. Yeah. Three sacks, two forced fumbles, recovered one of them. If a guy like Lawrence or even Michael Parsons has, like, that type of impact on this game, I think that would be a lot of trouble for the San Francisco 49ers because, for the most part, the only times they've had any miscues have been with a bad snap under center and Brock Purdy recovering it. Outside that, they've done a really good job of taking care of the rock. Mark Purdy has yet to throw an interception. And uh, teams have tried to pressure him in multiple ways. The only thing that can really throw this off, at least so far from what we've seen, is just McKivitz getting destroyed, which mm-hmm. if you ask most of the 49er fan base and you ask us, I mean, there's a high possibility that that is something that happens
0: right pressure and quick pressure because Brock Purdy knowing that the Giants were gonna blitz like crazy because they blitz everybody like crazy blitz the 49ers even more than anybody else uh it, they blitz the 49ers more than any team in the stat cast era 85 84 85 percent of the snaps he was getting um, there was they were sending pressure at Brock Purdy and he was up for it like he I understand the game plan. Let's try it. Young quarterback, let's let's pressure him. But And he was ready to, he knew where his answers were. He knew where the hot reads were. He got the ball out quick through with some anticipation. So the key isn't even just, you know, let's throw the house at him to make sure we pressure him. The key is, can you get there with four and still play your coverage in the back so he doesn't know where those answers are? I think that's the key to really getting to Brock Purdy. And, and he has gotten lucky a few times with some balls thrown the other way. You got to catch those if they do go your way.
3: I have a question for Marcus. Uh, you know, Brock Purdy has played exceptionally well throughout his, really since he's been in the NFL for the 49ers. He has not lost a game. But if there's one game where I felt like it felt a little awkward for him and a little weird, it was the Dallas Cowboy playoff game. So do you have any insight on what the Cowboys did to kind of slow up the 49ers offense and really more specifically, maybe make Brock Purdy a little uncomfortable?
1: Yeah. The Cowboys just threw a bunch of different looks at him to try to confuse him, trying to, you know, make him hesitate a little bit. Uh, It's hard. I I think he's somebody who's hard to rattle and we did see it for moments in that game. And then you see him bounce back and roll to his left and throw a ball across his body to George Kittle that he probably should have never thrown and make a big conversion. Like he is somebody that's really tough to, to, you know, get rattled for the lack of a better term. So We'll see. I'm curious to see what Dan Quinn has in store, whether they try to blitz, whether they try to sit back and play coverage. And that leads me to the other matchup that I, I'm i fascinated to see. And I, I want your guys' thoughts on this because Debo Samuel is a terrifying player. Like he, he's so – any play he can take it to the house. But just watching the tape this year – Brandon Ayuk, I, I think, is incredible. And I think if you ask me, like, who is the better receiver right now, I think it's Brandon Ayuk. And last year, the last two years, Trayvon Diggs had a really hard time covering Brandon Ayuk. He's obviously not here now. That means probably Deron Bland going up against Ayuk. He terrifies me. I, I think he could have a monster game on Sunday. I, I'm I'm going to be curious to see how the Cowboys treat him in coverage as opposed to Debo Samuel and George Kittle.
3: We think that Brandon Ayuk has really been terrific over the last few years as a route runner. Um, right now, we're still trying to fill it out, but this feels like the first time that the 49ers are really putting the emphasis on getting the ball to him consistently. You know, in years past, you'd see Brandon Ayuk have a game, you know, have eight catches for 100 yards, and in the next game, he gets two targets. And right now, it feels like that person is George Kittle, who had a big game against the New York Giants and then turned around and had one target against the uh, in, in the last game against the Arizona Cardinals for, and he caught it for nine yards. So the 49ers, I think, even with Brandon and I we see him kind of continuing to take that next step. But maybe it's just... Whether it's Brock Purdy or this another level of confidence with Kyle Shanahan where he's like, all right, we're going to start to emphasize hitting those 10 to 20 yard throws or even vertically pushing throws as we've seen uh, in the Arizona game to Brandon Knight specifically because he is a terrific route runner. And I know for me and a lot of other people, they've been saying, hey, if the 49ers have more of a wide open passing game, this is a guy that could have 13, 1,400 yards. And we haven't been able to see that because they haven't emphasized them. But so far early on, it seems like there's a little bit more uh, sense of urgency to figure out ways to get the ball in his hands downfield.
0: Absolutely. And we had used the term, or I had used the term in the past Marcus about uh, Brandon Ayuk is he's the most receiver-y guy the 49ers have because they have very specific players. And he's kind of the the one that, that gets open and plays wide receiver through the natural progression of the game. Unlike Debo, where you're, 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 uh, you're predetermining targets for him. You're trying to get him in certain situations. You know, Christian McCaffrey, it's a similar idea, but, and Jawan Jennings isn't so much of a a downfield threat, but he's a big guy can post up and and you can find him at times and he can make plays after catch. But Brandon, I used to one really in the natural flow of the game that can make big plays. And it's funny because last year you talked about sort of what they did to Brock Purdy in the playoffs. And that's one of the impressive things from Brock Purdy this year is it's been much less frenetic for him. He's been, uh, staying in the pocket more, uh, much more calm and, 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 and but, but still staying aggressive and trying to make plays. And I think we've seen that go from, uh, the biggest, I think the biggest benefactor last year in Brock Purdy playing was George Kittle. And now we're seeing him be a little bit more aggressive and, and looking downfield a little bit more for Brandon. I, and he's so good over the middle of the field in that intermediate area. And that's where the best place, uh, uh, Brandon Ayuk wins as well. And Ayuk getting a little bit better. And his biggest weakness was probably contested catches. He's getting better there as well. And we know he can separate. So uh, it's been awesome to see Brandon Ayuk go from Kyle Shanahan's doghouse to really progress into a true, you know, potential wide receiver one type of a guy now.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, just based on what we've seen on the tape at the first month of the year, he's open on almost every play. It's unreal how good his route running is and just how much confidence he's playing with. And you mentioned the contested catch stuff. Like, the touchdown that he had against Pittsburgh, he was absolutely draped in coverage, and he made that look so easy, you know, in the end zone. So, it, it it's it's going to be hard for any team to stop Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey. But man, that's the one guy that I think the Cowboys have to try to contain because if they can't, I don't see them stopping this passing attack at all.
0: And it'll be interesting to see if teams start trying to take Ayuk away. Cause up to this point, he's the, he's kind of the benefactor because there's so many other players that are closer to the line of scrimmage that you have to take into account for. So most teams are going to try to take away yeah. number 23. They're going to try to take away number 19. And like the third, fourth, fifth guy on the list is Brandon Ayuk. So he doesn't get a lot of attention, but he might start to get more attention the better he starts playing. All right, next, uh, let's uh, let's talk about what these paths are to victory for the 49ers and Cowboys, respectively. Maybe make some predictions for Sunday night, Niners-Cowboys crossover style next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers and Locked On Cowboys is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Now is the perfect time. We got marquee matchups. We're into October football. You feel like you know a little bit more about these football teams now in 2023, so use that knowledge and snap into Action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. And that's $200 in bonus bets guaranteed win or lose. Doesn't matter if you win or lose that first $5 bet. You get the extra bonus bets, $200 worth. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on that action than right now with those bonus bets that you can uh, bet on things like Spreads, players, player props, uh, over-unders. I love the the app and the website. It's safe. It's super easy to use. You can navigate through all the sports, not just NFL football. Build your own parlay. So much fun to be had on the FanDuel app. And now you can get that extra bonus bet action as well. All you got to do is go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to kick off the NFL season in style on the FanDuel app. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers and Locked On Cowboys is also brought to you by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Do you ever feel like your brain is sort of getting in its own way? Uh, It happens to me all the time. Like, you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't quite get there. You can't quite do it. You can't quite find the path to get where you think you need to be. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. And sometimes just checking in, Weekly, making sure you're hitting your short term goals every week. That can really go a long way into helping you figure out where you need to go and and how to get to those long term goals in your life, in your personal life, in your professional life, whatever it is where you might be stuck right now. So, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched up with a licensed therapist don't quite hit it off with that therapist. That's okay. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So make your brain your friend. Make it work for you with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P dot com slash locked on. So, Marcus, uh, we've talked a lot about some key matchups. Um, what stands out to you? Like Build the story for me of the Cowboys beating the 49ers at Levi Stadium Sunday.
1: Yeah. So if you look at the three wins, the Cowboys have, it's all because they got up on a lead early and then they just let their pass rush tee off the game that they lost. They got down early to the Cardinals, nine, nothing, and they were kind of fighting their way back the whole time. This is a team that is built to play with the lead. They have the short passing attack. They've got a, a good run game and they've got a defense that just wants to get after it, you know, get after the quarterback. If they can start, you know, and we've seen McCarthy do this already this year, start off with the ball, go right down the field, even get a field goal, get a touchdown, you know, get a 10-3 lead. And that way you can let, uh, you know, you, you don't feel like you're in this constant rush to try to score points, play your game. I think that's how the Cowboys win. The 49ers, I think, are built similarly, right? Like they want to get a lead and they want to just kind of constrict you on both sides of the ball. Get that lead, make the 49ers have to, you know, drop back and throw the ball 40 times to win. I think that's the path to victory here for Dallas.
0: I mean the 49ers have won 13 straight and it feels like they're always ahead and they always jump up early. Exactly. Like you, can, and- you can't get
1: behind on this 49ers team uh, because they're, they're again they're very much like Dallas that pass rush is so good. Their middle or defense is impossible to throw on. So you either have to get rid of the ball quickly or you've got to hold on to it and try to make plays down the field and you just can't do that uh, enough times because Nick Bosa Armstead and the rest of those guys will get to
0: you. And honestly, Croc, I kind of want to see it because I want to see that game where Brock Purdy has to bring the team back from behind and maybe throw from behind a little bit. Now, there's a ton of weapons, but we just really haven't had to see him go through a ton of adversity in that sort of a way. And he's passed every test with flying colors, and it just blows me away every week how good he's playing. You know, Whether it's you know some early turnovers or, or some sort of adversity early in the game, 49ers down, I want to see what that looks like with the 49ers throwing back. Now, I don't necessarily want to see it this week against the Cowboys, but at some point, that's a test he's got to pass.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. I, I'm all good with seeing that, just not against the Dallas Cowboys. And I always talk about how – I hate watching the 49ers blowout teams because I'm a football fan before anything else. And I just love watching good football. Blowouts are boring to watch, but please blow out the Dallas Cowboys. I wouldn't mind that at all. Now, as far as Dallas Cowboys and either keeping this game close or, you know, potentially winning, you know, a guy we haven't really mentioned a whole lot of CeeDee Lamb. And I really love the way that the Dallas Cowboys utilize him. I wish that the 49ers would do more of that with Brandon. Now putting him in motion, uh, you know, getting the ball in his hands any type of way. I understand the 49ers have a lot of weapons. But C. Lamb, he's a guy, man, matched up against some of these uh, DBs for the 49ers. I think the the matchup kind of favors Lamb. So we're going to need the 49ers' pass rush to start winning a little bit more and have those impactful plays. Because if they don't, C. Lamb is a guy that can really kind of uh, hit you over the head a few times. And next thing you know, he has eight catches for 150 yards and a touchdown.
1: The one guy I'll mention really quickly, Brandon Cooks. The Cowboys have not used him a ton in the first month of the season. That's okay. They didn't bring him in to beat the Jets and the Giants. They brought him in to beat the 49ers because in last year's game, when Tony Pollard went down, it was CeeDee Lamb and basically nobody else. They had nobody else that could stretch the field. I expect Brandon Cooks to get a lot of one-on-one matchups and the Cowboys to try to see what the 49ers defense looks like, you know, down to their number two, number three, and number four corners.
3: Yeah, and it's, I like it's, that you've two two oh nine guys. I mean, so shout out to DeRon yeah. Bland, shout out to Brandon Cooks. You know, both from the two oh nine. Yeah, and
0: I talk about forty nine ers. You know, one of their few weaknesses on the offense is is that right side of the offensive line, and in on defense they've kind of not even through four weeks they're they're still experimenting with the the corners on the opposite side of um, of Charverius Ward and. Uh, it seemed like they had settled with D'Amador Lenore on the outside and Isaiah Oliver, the veteran, in the slot. But then again, uh, uh, early in the game, they they switched it and they took Isaiah Oliver out of the game, had D'Amador Lenore playing in the slot, and then brought in Ambry Thomas to play on the outside. And then uh, the Cardinals went after Ambry Thomas. So I, I think there is somewhere to win and C.D. Lamb can win outside and inside there. So Look for that and and we'll see if the 49ers continue revolving door between you know those three corners because it seems like they're just not confident. They know, they like Lenore, but the the question is do they want Lenore inside with Amber Thomas outside or do they want Lenore outside with Isaiah Oliver inside? And so that that's I think something that teams will absolutely try to exploit, including the Cowboys. Should be a good one. I can't wait for it. Uh make sure you hit us up on Twitter, X, whatever you call it, at BDP at Eric underscore crocker at Uh, marcus underscore mosher make sure you are subscribed up to locked on cowboys and locked on 49ers on youtube and everywhere you get your podcast we appreciate all of the everydayers out there and of course marcus and landon locked on cowboys just like me and a croc locked on 49ers will be with you guys after the game to break it all down talk to you then right here locked on 49ers and locked on cowboys
2: hey prime members